Hello, and welcome to the Limitless Possibilities podcast, episode number 15. I hope you all have had a great week so far. I'm really excited that you're here. I'm really excited for you to hear today's episode, as I think there's some great stuff for everybody to be able to gather from that, whether you're a sports person or just somebody that's trying to find a new avenue in life, whether it be entrepreneurship, that promotion, whatever the case is, I definitely think Trevor has some great stories that are really endearing and everybody would be able to connect with for sure. If you haven't already, definitely head on over to Apple or Spotify and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes and leave a rating and a like as that helps grow the show and it helps be able to spread the message. And as well, follow on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and help spread the message of the Limitless Possibilities. I'm really excited for today's episode. As I said, I really think that there's a lot of great stuff in there today. Trevor's a person that has endeared through, obviously, the pandemic, as we all have with this business. I know that when him and I had spoken, that he was a little bit nervous about the possibilities of how that would go. So I'm excited for him to kind of share some of his raw emotion with you guys on that side. He was a person that I had the pleasure of meeting last year um, during one of my baseball seasons myself. I had the pleasure of meeting him and getting to know him a little bit. And the thing that really connected with me with him is through all the different bat companies and the bat makers that I had talked to or dealt with is he actually cared about what the person wanted and not that the other people didn't to a point either, but you could tell the true genuinity from a person in a conversation or just how they kind of react to what you're saying. And I really appreciated that about him. And I definitely think you'll be able to hear that, the humbleness, the authenticity in the episode. And I definitely am looking forward to sharing that with you guys today. Today's episode is sponsored by Timo Maya Apparel. I love it. I wear it all the time. It's super comfy. It won't shrink in the wash. It's not going to be your typical boxy kind of starchy shirts that you're always going to get for those cheap bin buys at different stores. Definitely check them out. It's teamohmy.com. It's T-E-A-M-O-H-M-Y.com and use code LIMITLESS to be able to get 15% off site-wide. And again, I highly recommend checking them out. It's one of my dear friends that I've known for over the past decade very proud of him for the company that he's created, and I definitely recommend you guys to check him out. Without further ado, we'll send it on over to Trevor, and I'll catch you guys on the other side. All right, the next guest that we're excited to have on the Limitless Possibilities podcast, originally from Tilsonburg, Ontario, Canada. He's the owner and operator of Abo Baseball and Abo Bats. They recently achieved and became an MLB certified bat maker, just an all-around good guy. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Abo underscore baseball. And you find him on Facebook at Abo baseball. Welcome to the show, Trevor Oaks. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to have your story shared so people can maybe draw some inspiration here. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. I might inflect something on somebody, right? So you never know. Yeah, absolutely. So in the, obviously in the current situation, the world's kind of gone through a a huge transitional page. What is the biggest thing that for yourself you've been able to kind of pull out of this? Um, I think, I think being able to like, just, you know, we, cause our facility was mandated to be closed by the government and for obvious reasons. Um, I think when we closed, I, we, we all like the whole team got, we, we got to kind of step back and focus on 
you know, what's now because it was a busy time for us. Like we were, we were freshly open here. We had new merch coming out. We had the MLB approval. We had, um, like working with like you, uh, stuff like that. And also other affiliates and stuff like that. So when it all came to a halt, everybody just kind of paused. So we all got to sit back and kind of align our focus on what we needed to do. So I think that's the best thing that came out of this. Um, I mean, it's, it's not fun for anybody, but if I were to take a positive, that would, that would definitely be one of them. Let's just realign the focus and then set up our, our uh, strategic kind of moves moving forward because at, for one, for me, for the whole team, for everybody in the world, it was all unknown March, April, right? Nobody knew what was going on. They still have, you know, not much clue, but yeah, right. it was scary times back then because who knows, who knows what could have happened. Right. So we just focused and, and took it as it was. Do you think that obviously being able to do some reflection and kind of, maybe step back and go, okay, this is how far we've come. Do you think that kind of helped put you into a more stable state of being like, all right, we really can push through and grow through anything. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that this morning. Um, so we have weekly meetings with, cause our, like my business partner and we just don't really meet up anymore. Um, so we have weekly meetings and, and part of the talk was like, okay, well, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to move forward when nothing's moving forward? So we've come up with some new merch ideas and um, we're working on like a, a, an indoor league here because now that we're uh, able to open like to a limited number um, we can have players come in and use our hit track simulator and uh, actually play games against other teams, you know, and they don't even have to be together. So um, it was that stuff that kind of like, you know, we had to sit back and go, okay, like, how are we going to push through? How are we going to like basically keep the lights on and move through? Because I didn't want to stop because if you came to Tilsonburg or this area, um, it's kind of like a big deal. Like when we were heading into spring training, it was like a big deal. And I didn't want to give that up because everybody was happy. Like we're all happy around here. And it's a good thing for this community. Um, so I think like it, it was like, yeah, if we can make it through this, like there's not much, you know, there's not, I don't know other than, you know, I, it literally was the worst thing that happened to us as a, as a new kind of business, but I, I feel like we're okay and we will be okay. And then once we come out of this, we'll be even bigger because like I said, we've realigned our focus and been able to, um, you know, set up our, set up our, you know, steps of where we want to go. So I think when we reopen or when the world does, we'll be ready to, to rock and be even bigger. I think we're ready to explode soon. So hopefully we'll see. Yeah. So it just <clears throat> biggest takeaway from that is just kind of finding that true direction and path and yeah. understanding the true passion behind it for you guys. Absolutely. Is really important. Like, like we said in our meetings, like uh, we have to play small ball for a little while, you know? So it's a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll kind of go back and take it back a little bit here and kind of start from the beginning and then build up obviously to the momentum you guys have going now. So obviously for yourself, you're a smaller town guy, grew up around baseball and then took a little bit of a break away from it. 
was there one thing that kind of made you draw back to it? Was it a, a personal connection, a family connection? Was it something that kind of drew you back towards baseball? It was, it was friends. Like, uh, so I moved away from all my friends, like my local friends that I grew up with and coming back, that was my kind of, you know, not that we weren't friends, but that was my door back in. So they drew me back in and, um, like I always loved baseball as, as you probably did and everybody else that plays baseball loves the game. But, um, yeah, like that's what really got me was my buddies wanted to start playing. So I started playing with those guys and then, you know, it just, I, you just fall back in love with it. Like playing the game, like even still, like I'm, I'm 40 and I still love playing baseball. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it was it was buddies and just you know getting out there and just having a good time and you know and slowly working your way to a, a more competitive team and then then it got friendly and competitive and then you know how it goes but um yeah it was it was really good it was just good connect connection with friends basically yeah just surrounding yourself with people that you're comfortable with and that's it yeah. having fun yeah <laughs> So obviously during that time, kind of coming back to the game, you were obviously having to work and you were working for Toyota. Maybe some of the process going through the manufacturing and working from the special uh, special projects department, did you kind of find some of that passion and drive or maybe just the manufacturing process that you've now instilled into your current business? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> when you work at Toyota, Toyota instills like – they, they put in a method of like uh, Kaizen, it's called Kaizen. So basically constant improvement. And it's not just Toyota, it's like Kaizen's everywhere. So constant improvement. And that's why you always see me post or we'll post something. We'll just say like, you gotta adapt and improve. Um, so so that mindset, like I was there for 15 years, so that, that mindset never left. And <clears throat> so when I set shop up here, it was like, you know, okay, you take the wood, you make the bat, you finish the bat you ship the bat so it's all the flow um so yeah like that's one thing about manufacturing i brought back was find good flow and the best efficient way to do things um yeah so i i would i would say that like it's probably the best thing i've taken from any manufacturing was just find a good flow and roll with it yeah absolutely and i think that's a big thing is taking success markers from everything that we do and kind of compiling it to where we're at and i obviously that's something that you're able to do on that and then from there um how did you kind of transition from obviously working at the toyota factory and being involved there to then sparking that passion to start making baseball bats did you originally plan on creating them to sell or did you just kind of create them as a hobby for your buddies that you said you were playing with or what kind yeah. of transition that phase for you? Yeah. So to Toyota, I'll just get, give that background. Like it's very, very busy there. It's very, mm -hmm. and the position I was in, like it was a special projects position. So, you know, we had pro we had our own projects we had to manage and then we had deadlines. So, if, you know, your days were kind of long there. But aside from that, where baseball kicked back in was I was playing and honestly, I broke a couple bats and just didn't want to buy any more bats. So I 
went and bought a lathe instead. So the very first bat I bought was like a mini bat like this. It was from my buddies. He just had a baby boy. So I, I gave him that and it turned out pretty good. And then the second bat and it's right over here. I, I can show you in a minute. It's, it's a club, but that was the one I just wanted to try. So I made that about this, you know, old piece of bash was made this, club out of it it is i thought it was good at the time it's if you picked it up now you'd be like whoa but um and then it got into like oh my buddies wanted some and then i was like you know maybe this could be something so let's you know throw it on marketplace or whatever so i had a few guys that wanted trophy bats and then what really kicked it off was a guy got in touch with me from montreal and he was asking for bats for his facility hidden in a facility like this one um and that's what sparked the idea like oh well this could be like a business like a little side hobby or side hustle right so um that's when it that's when it all started and you know that was 2017 so april 2017 i registered a business and and just kept going and it was you know a slow kind of rise and no you had to it was a lot of trial and error. You had to, there was a lot of research. Um, like the, just the, as you know, that how many bat models are out there, you kind of have to learn, you know, what they are. And, and still, I mean, I've made a ton of bats, but you, there's so many different models, like just that alone. And then the wood species, like you had to find good wood and the, what makes this wood better than that wood. And it, it basically comes down to the wood science. And then, finishing and and there's a ton of things that you learned along the way but at first it was just like oh here's a piece of wood let's make a bat you know and get it out the door and see what happens and then you know you struggle with bad wood or you struggle with like just be getting anything like you know you could be making chairs or whatever at the first little while you're not going to make great chairs <laughs> like so yeah the learning it was process all, for sure absolutely like and it was long like it was a long learning process and it and there was another thing that you couldn't like if you had passion for it you just don't want to give up right so i never gave up i just you know no matter what was in front of me you just keep trying and keep trying and then it eventually you evolved into where we are now and like you'll find good wood and you'll find a good finish and you'll find a good procedure to make the bats and like the best efficient way to do it and so yeah that's um basically you know that's where it started and then that's where it kind of led into where we are now is just keep moving forward and finding new connections and <clears throat> And, and just outside of the baseball making process, you also have to like, it was just me, right? So um, working all day and then evolving to, to networking with teams. And then, you know, so I'm working all day, I'm making the bats, I'm taking in orders, I'm trying to get orders made from teams that don't know who I am or you know so it's building relationships I've, I've made so many relationships over this like you know people all over the world with just net baseball community and stuff like that so then word of mouth spread you and you know then I'll, now I have bats well some are on the way to Germany uh, yeah. <laughs> um, like they're they're all over. There's some Russia. There's Australia. We just got another hookup in. We're we're hoping that the next market in this off season, I guess, or whatever you want to call winter coming, um, will be down there. We're in works with a couple of players down there, but all over the U.S. Like 
and it, it's pretty crazy to get to reflect back on like where I started in my little shop at home thinking it was cool to have a bat on oh, my buddy in Tilsmere or, or this guy in London's using my bat but now there's guy like a Kuwait guy like you know there's some all over the world so it's it's very very cool um to to just kind of think about that but yeah that's where it all started was it was a grind like it was just so much work <laughs> so much work it was long days and I, I, the only reason I did it I was because I hoped always hoped to be where I am now like I always had kind of a thought and I didn't really push it too much because uh, not that I was scared of people going on oh, you want you'll never quit Toyota like you're there for life there it's too good there blah 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 but um it was, I was never worried about people telling me that or you can't do it or whatever. I just didn't tell anybody, like, this is what I want to do. And, and one day I'll do it. So I always had that hope that, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You will leave this and do what you love and just keep working, working, working and hard work will pay off. And that was the one thing, like, um, it was always the constant, like little voice in the back saying all this hard work will pay off at one point. And, and I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to do this for a living now. And I, when I started, I said, I remember we did a tournament here in Tilsonburg actually. And my, my gig was to just bring a bunch of bats, set up a table in a booth and, and just hang out at this tournament so I was in between two ball fields and it's just me in the tent and I remember like this is what I want like I just want to be able to you know sell bats to these guys and watch baseball if I'm at a baseball diamond and you know my these tools are being used that I made that's what I wanted so that's what I pushed for and Mm -hmm. here we are so it's kind of it's kind of good found your uh found your passion and found your niche and i think that's something that a lot of people are in search of so to kind of circle back to what you're saying so obviously early on you you didn't have a a building you're doing it as kind of a side hustle at your house in your garage did you have any points where you're like you know what this is too much i'm gonna quit or did you have so much drive where it was just going to continue flowing um, yeah, like there was a lot of things where a lot of times where you're just like overwhelmed because you had a job that paid the bills and, and it was guaranteed to be there all the time. And then you had this side hustle that turned into basically a full-time job. There was a point where it was like, you know, uh, 80, 20 of work in my day. So it was 80 Toyota and then 20%, but then it grew bigger. And then it was like, you know, two, like basically my, my days were four 30 in the morning till most nights, midnight, like it was, and sleep for a few hours and get up and do it again. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're like, Oh man, like I, I don't, I can't do that. I can't physically do this anymore. And then, but yeah, like the voice clicks in again. So just like all this hard work will pay off at one point. So mm-hmm. Um, it really is corny and cheesiest that sounds because everybody says it, it really, like, I honestly believe in it. Like I truly believe that if you put the work in, it will all pay off and you'll be happy with what you're doing and you just keep doing what you love. Right. So, um, yeah, there was, there was a lot of times where I was just like, um, um, can't do this. And then you just kind of push through, you got to kind of step back. And that's what this whole thing was like. I, we weren't, I, it's not like I was, you know, ready to give up, but <clears throat> once, one before COVID came, 
we were flat like we were like sorry and everything mm-hmm. was great and we knew that okay like it was kind of scary because i was like i don't i didn't know what to expect like what if we got you know all these orders coming in like are we gonna be ready are we you know there was a whole bunch of new stresses that weren't there before so when COVID hit it was kind of a like i said a reset button like okay now we're ready so now, now there's nothing that could make me go oh man i feel like giving up like you know so i i think this is just what it is the only thing i think thing i think about now is like what's the next thing what's next what's next so i'm always trying to be like you know okay well we have mlb and that seems like the biggest thing but there's a lot of where you are there's a lot of european leagues so can we get those like thailand korea like all these leagues over there the kbo and stuff like that. australia and the abl like mm-hmm. Um, so those are what I'm constantly thinking about is how can we market over there? How can we, what's, you know, where are we going next? Australia is next. Okay. What's after Australia? So it's not so at the beginning, it was a lot of times where you're just like, uh, I got to give up. I just feel like, you know, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore, but now it's more, it's transitioning to, well, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Like, so it's it's kind of a good thing and yeah. you learn a lot from you learn a lot from like uh your work ethics and you learn a lot from like um just a person like when you're ready to just give up and like what stuff is forcing you to just say say that in your head like oh i gotta quit i'm just ready to stop so you learn a lot from that so <clears throat> but yeah prevail just move on and improve yeah and i think that message that you just presented there is so important that you're gonna hit points that you're gonna feel like you're gonna break down or be done and not want to push through but it's when you're able to push through that that you truly find growth and success what do you think the i know obviously you said with the covid or pushing through that unknown of quitting your job and taking a risk what do you think the biggest personal growth factor for yourself has been in the whole process? Obviously going through ups and downs and finding that mindset that, you know what, no matter what it is, I'm going to find a way to make it work. Yeah. Um, I, I would say like, honestly, like the personal growth, like when I started, um, well, like what we were talking before this started, like <clears throat> I wasn't a very approachable person, like, to, to kind of network and talk and stuff like that. But you learn to like, you learn to feel comfortable talking to people. You have no idea who they are or in mm-hmm. front of a bunch of people and just about your craft or whatever. And if you know your craft, you know what to say. Um, so I would say like, honestly, on a personal level, like I'm more uh, open to like a more, what's the word? Like, I'm lost. Like just being, I'm being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like I was always shy kind of, you know, and now I'm whatever. I'll talk to anybody. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like I, you, after meeting all these people and customers and stuff like that, and like having bad demos and, and doing trade shows and stuff like that, you, it's, you talk to people over and over and over again. And it's something that I, I loved because I didn't like being the shy guy, but I love being able to talk to everybody. So mm-hmm that's what I've grown the most with is just for me personally was that aspect on top of like learning how business works. You know, I don't, I'm still learning a ton of stuff. I just day by day, but, but that's the, what I 
taken the most away from from what I've done so far. Yeah. Through the whole process, do you have anybody that you leaned on for mentorship or do you have anybody that you kind of would bounce ideas or questions off of? Um, yeah, you know what, like, uh, my, my ex business partner and, and he just got out because he just didn't have time for me, but, um, he, he was the guy, his name's Chris. He, he was the guy that I would kind of lean on. So he, um, he kind of went through the same thing I was doing with like leaving his job to do something he wanted to do, uh, way back when. And when I was going through that, he was in this with me. So I would, I would constantly be talking to him and I learned a lot about business from him. Um, but he, I remember his words said like, no matter what, it'll work out. Like no matter what, cause I was in the middle of like, gosh, should I leave something that's guaranteed and good? And like, you know, has a pension at the end and all that jazz to do something that's, I have no idea what's going to happen. But he had said like, if you don't, if you don't try, you'll never know. And when your back's against the wall, you'll be okay anyway. Like just, it's a human natural thing to do. Right. So yeah, yeah he was, he was the one dude that like, um, if I felt uneasy, like yeah, I would just, you know, we'd have a coffee or something and we're good to go. He would just kind of talk me out and yeah, he was a good dude. He is a good dude, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the one guy. And then just like, honestly, like podcasts, like I listen to Joe Rogan tons and just picking up from like the people that he has on and what they've been through. And like, um, the other kind of like the odd cast podcast, isn't it? Mike Ravens in San Diego, like the people that he had had on his podcast that were like his, his thing was like turning passion into paychecks and like, mm-hmm. um, to hear what they went through was kind of inspiring too. like, you know, I, it wasn't like nobody that was successful in business ever just said, Oh yeah, one day I'm going to just do this. And here right. we are. Like, I think everybody in the world, like even the Bezos and everybody went through a struggle where it was like, I don't know if this is going to work out or not. So I had that in my mind too, but yeah, the one influence was, was Chris for sure. Yeah. And having, having somebody that you can lean on, whether it be a coach, a mentor or anything like that is so crucial. Cause like you said, you can get into that cyclone or that downfall of negative self-talk and if they can kind of be that reinsuring force then they can kind of help progress you forward that's yeah i think that's one of the biggest takeaways from that to anybody listening to is if you can find somebody that truly believes in you and is willing to cut through the bullshit and be honest with you and yeah. being like, Hey, look, you need to pick this up, but this is going great. You can yeah. progress. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's a roller coaster. Like it, like everything is just like, good. It's bad. What are we going to do? Oh, now it's good. We're fine. Now what are we, you know, so if you can have somebody in your corner or even multiple people, like my new business partners there, they're, um, they're, they're help too. Like they, we kind of just bounce ideas off each other and, you know, we learn from what we're doing and moving forward and stuff like that. So everything was new to everybody. Right? So yeah. you got to have those people in your corner for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So to circle back, how did you come to the name? Uh, the name ABO Abel is my kid's name. So um, I have two kids, one boy, one girl, and it's Audrey's the girl. She's the youngest. She's on four, and Brandon is uh, five. Or yeah, he's five now. Um, 
So that's where, like, at first I was like, I didn't want to be an uh, another just backhoe. Like you see, like, I don't want to mention any names, but mm-hmm. they, they just seem all the same and they have the same kind of triangle logo yep. or diamond logo. Yeah, like the that. cookie cutter models. Yeah, yeah, I wanted something different. So um, we kind of tossed around Abo just because my kids names and then my last name is Oaks and I was like oh that's kind of cool like we'll, we'll try it out so I googled it and just to see if anybody else had it or whatever and mm-hmm. it's an actual like winged animal it's a bat like there's an actual owl bat and it's like a scary creepy little looking thing but um that's when I kind of knew okay this is this has got to be it mm-hmm. so then we uh I just ran with it and um here we are with Apple Baseball and the logo I just made at work one day. I was, you know, messing out with uh, Microsoft Excel and kind of switched some shapes around and came up with the logo. And yeah, it's been uh, pretty good. Like people like the name. Uh, it's, they like the logo. It's kind of simple and clean. And um, yeah, so I, yeah, that's where it came from. I was studying my kids' names. Which is even more unique because to be able to tie, you know, personal ties into the name that doesn't draw so much attention on to you or them is is a unique process. And that's very admirable. Yeah. And it was always a dream of mine to like, because they were young. When this started, I mean, my son was two Mm -hmm. and uh, like my daughter was just like, I didn't even think she was born. Yeah, she was one, so mm-hmm. uh, or just almost one. So anyway, um, <clears throat> I always wanted them to see their initials on TV. Um, just uh, like that was my goal. Like it was a five-year goal. We turned it into like a three-year goal, but mm-hmm. it was a five-year goal to be on the in the MLB and just have these bats on TV and and be a, for them to just see their name. You know what I mean? It was a, it was more than just having the bat that I made on there. It was like, for that, I can't wait to see their face when they see this. So yeah, I had always said, and it's kind of, I want to knock on wood, but um, I always said that once we get this on TV and they can see their name, it can all go away and I would be happy. And that's exactly what happened in March. <laughs> we got yeah. it on TV and it all went away. So but, Thoughts become things. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. But we will... Uh, we will get through all that. Everybody will get through this. We just got yeah, to step of course. together and just be nice to each other and move on. So talking about uh, goal setting and plans, just for maybe people that are going through the same phase that you were at a couple of years ago, how important was goal setting, maybe meditation, breathing, or journaling for you throughout the whole process to be able to kind of wade through the ups and downs for yourself? Um, yeah, it's because it is stressful, right? So you have to find ways to kind of calm your, calm yourself down because even, even now there's stress with life, there's stress all over, especially right now because with the unknown and I can imagine like all these other small businesses are going through the same thing. Like it was a hard, hard hit for us and the stress level was very, very high. So you have to kind of find ways to deal with that. And I don't, I don't meditate. I've tried. I just, I, my mind goes too much. So it's something I have to work on, but I do, 
um, ref- I do bring it back to my shop. Like my favorite day is a podcast and just making bats. If I can get in there for four or five hours straight with no interruptions and just me listening to a couple podcasts or an audiobook, that's like, you know, ideally that's what kind of centers me again. So, um, yeah, you just kind of have to find something and what whatever it is that con- like calms your stress or whatever, like just just do it and always re- like I always say like always step back and then realign everything and then get mm-hmm. back into it. Because um, if you're in the box and you're boxing, it's not fun when stress is high. But if you can come back out, take a break, and get back in there and box, you're going to be fine. So yeah, I, I would say. Like if I had to give advice for whatever, I would say do that. Take a step back, get back in there, and then just don't give up because I could have gave up a thousand times already. I wouldn't be here if, you know. Yeah, and that's something that's so important, I think, is what you just said there too, is oftentimes we get so stuck on 18 steps ahead of where we're at rather than realizing how far we've come and then focusing on the next five steps but by taking that step back helps ground us and kind of continue going forward. So obviously, yep. Sorry. So I was just going to say like with, with goal setting and stuff, you don't want to bite off more than you can chew. Um, I felt like we were kind of getting in that mode when we opened this facility, like this was all new to us. We didn't know what to expect. And then we had, uh, a new website in the works and we had MLB coming up and I I was worried that it was going to be too much for us, but we kind of managed or whatever, but you definitely don't want to bite off more than you can chew. Um, That's why I always think like a couple steps ahead and then that's get knock that one off, then go two more, knock one off, go two more. So, yeah. So just realistically, just being realistic in the goal setting. So like you said, not trying to aspire for page 20 when you're on page five. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then to continue on with that, obviously built some really good momentum, uh, went from, you know, having in the local semi-pro leagues to having it various places throughout and then getting the MLB certification. How much of a process was that? Because I think a lot of people don't realize, they think, you know, they go to their local sports store and they see the bat that says MLB approved and they just think that it's just a natural thing. Maybe walk through that process and how much of a, as you said, a roller coaster to get to that was for you. Yeah, well, like you said, we started with uh, independence kind of leagues around here, like uh, like where you played last year in the inner county. That was our goal for last year. So when I say I set goals, that was our our market was the mm-hmm. um, IBL here in Ontario. Um, so uh, that was my hookup there was Cleveland Brownlee for the London Majors, and and we kind of went to him. We we hooked up him and I, and we got him bats. And I knew that we have a good product, so let's just let the product speak. So he got it, and then other guys kind of, you know, by the end of the season, there was a lot of Apple bats throughout the IBL, especially London. Um, and then this year, the same thing. We had big dreams with working with Brantford, Guelph again, London. And my idea was to just get on everybody on board right so um but with the mlb uh the mlb was more um 
like obviously you got to be financially ready for it you have to not only that but you have to be ready to take on these orders like if somebody orders a thousand bats you better be ready to make a thousand bats um it was it it wasn't as hard as one thinks but it was hard enough so you have to get your bats tested you have to make sure you have a good product if you do not then you know there's there's a meeting that you have to go to and it's like basically the safety course of in you know, the wood science of, of wood and it, it was pretty interesting um a lot of it i kind of knew already just because i this is my job but mm-hmm. um just to learn kind of some stuff about the wood and stuff like that but you have to make sure your wood is good and ready that's what it all comes down to if you do not have good wood yeah you're not gonna it's not gonna go through that league for sure you might get through some in like minor ball leagues and stuff like that but these guys are only looking for good hardwood with a good exit velo pop off of it Mm -hmm. and if you don't have that then i don't know if you're gonna you know have much success there but right um yeah so i mean it it was it was the the hardest part was being like what it was being ready like that's what you build up to like are we ready okay we're ready go mm-hmm. so you ha- you have to basically have your facility ready to make as many bats as you know you can make and it, that was the hardest part was building that up which took a long time but um you were gonna do it anyway you know what i mean like it's not like you just can go buy it eh, i guess you could just go buy a lathe and have a robot start making bass for you and a bat maker. But to me, it was like the more, it was more building relationships with people. So just connecting with people, build a relationship and then, and then business came. It wasn't just, Hey, here's my bat. See you later. Um, I, I like to, you know, build up kind of, relationship with somebody before you know start attacking them with sales or whatever tactics i just think it goes a long way to keep that connect and even if they don't buy any bats just like even even just that like last week i i messaged out to some guys that i met in the los angeles angels clubhouse and hey hey how you doing like hope everything's okay i hope your family's safe uh let's chat soon and then mm-hmm. to keep that it's like important right so even if they don't ever order a bat just you know they were good guys to us and and you know we were good to them so that yeah it's a new relationship that i established and maybe next year they will who knows but you know that's uh that's my take on that yeah and just being grateful i think along the process too and and when you're talking about it and you're saying you know being grateful for the process was there one moment where you really felt the momentum that you're like okay this is maybe not the moment that you made it this is the moment where you're like, all right, this is what I've been planning for. Um, yeah. So I think we didn't get to go to Florida, but we were in Arizona and we dealt a lot with a player before we even got down there for the, the angels, uh, Frank Torres. Um, he was an ML, uh, uh, sorry, a major league camp call up and we met him down there and he had a couple bats and we, the game that we were at, he was coming in late. I think he was, you know, on schedule for it to come in the fifth inning or something. And uh, just as DH, 
and then just to get a couple swings or whatever, but then he ended up starting. So we were sitting there watching the game and his at bat with an owl bat, like that lead up to that moment was like the first time live I would see a bat swung. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very, my heart was pounding. Like I was nervous, right? Cause it could go good or could go bad. Um, so yeah, he was at bat and he blew on past Arenado like a, a missile, and I was just like, so he hit a, a double, and it was the first, and that's when I was like, man, like this is this is what I wanted. This is exactly what I've been waiting to happen. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of nice. That was the first MLB hit for a for a Apple bat. So. Yeah, and obviously, uh, you know, a, a justification for putting in all that hard work, those long hours and grinding through that mental roller coaster for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like it's, yeah, it was, it was definitely a a good moment for sure. So then obviously playing off the momentum you've now branched out, you're no longer doing it in your backyard in the, in the garage. So now you're in a facility. Maybe talk about kind of the process of doing that. Cause I think that can be for some people taking it from, you know, quoting, side hustle to then taking it to, uh, you know, a, a business on, in a, on a location. Yeah. Um, so yeah, coming, what I always wanted, I always had a, a, an envision of making a bat, but like having a player with me to make the bat and then go swing the bat. Mm-hmm. So that was always my thing was I wanted a bat making little shop and then right beside a batting cage that they can, swing a bat and then we can make their bat together just like getting a haircut so it's something we started here uh we call it the custom experience um we we've had even just right now like i think last week there was four or five players that came in to get a bat made so what they do what 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 we do is um with the player comes in and we go over the wood because not a lot of them a lot of them are new new to wood so they don't know about the wood species they don't know about bat models so we go through that and then we go back to the the lathe room and they get to pick out their own wood and we go over the grain structure and all that jazz and then we make their bat right when they're right beside me so you know they're just kind of hanging out and once we get down to the handle we stop the lathe and i'll i'll get them to put their hands on it oh is it good you want a little bit more off or whatever so i i basically i I like to say like it's like going to get a haircut like getting Mm -hmm. a barber you know you're just getting it done right there and then you leave with a product so that was my dream and then in this area um, there's nowhere for kids to go hit. So minor ball, they, they would have to drive an hour to go hit balls in the winter or whatever, slow pitch players and stuff like that. So I thought, you know, let's, let's get this going here and have both have a batting cage. So we have two cages in the lathe room. We have like a nice little gym area now. So that was how this idea came up. And then we just turned it into a, a real reality. So, uh, we started working on this in September 19 and we opened November. So it was all just like a, you know, a couple months to from zero to open, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was good. Like we, it was a lot of hard work and we had a lot of help from buddies and my partners. And so it was, it was good. Like I was happy to put this here. Yeah, it was really good. <clears throat> and, the, and one of the biggest things that I think a lot of people can take from that is that if you do stick to your plan, don't bite off more than they can chew and just truly stay passionate about what you're doing that you can maneuver through the stuff and get to your goals. Yeah, absolutely. 
what is a common myth about baseball bats that is out there that maybe you would love to be able to debunk? Um, a lot of people ask me to cork bats and I don't believe cork does anything. <clears throat> I think if anything, it makes it lighter. I don't think it makes the ball come off any harder. If it does, it'll be bat speed that does it. Um, so I, I would say that I don't really, I don't really know, like, you know, people, a lot of people don't know how to swing bats, like the label up. And, you know, I would say when I sell a bat, like that we put a tag or, or, or tell the kid when he's here or the player and just label up at, at the contact zone and swing at good pitches and your bat will be fine. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, so I, I don't really know any myths other than I truly believe that a cork bat really doesn't do much. Um, I've always wanted to try because, like I said, we have hit tracks. We have, you know, we can read exit below. So mm-hmm. maybe it's something we have to scientifically prove out, like just cork a bat and see what it does. I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> and so just kind of finishing up on the momentum, what is next for ABO baseball? What have you guys got in your sights for the next year? Um, yeah, well, uh, hope one is obviously to, to ramp back up with the MLB. Um, I made a lot of connects down there in Arizona and also Florida. For, for, unfortunately, Florida, we didn't get to visit. We were kind of shut down. Um, but a lot of connects. So I want to revisit that, ramp that up. But uh, our next big move is to uh, get into Australia, the market down there. So we're working on a couple things now. Um, both east and west side of um, Australia. Uh, there's a couple of players that are going to start being ambassadors for us down there. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's the next big move that I want to do. Um, uh, and then after that, I'm hoping Taiwan and, you know, Korea, stuff, those those markets over there. And then, obviously, also European. Um, there, there was another – um, Joe Wittig got in touch. Uh, they're starting up a league in Sweden, so I might. Mm-hmm. We're looking into getting some bats there, but that's, you know, that's not my focus. My focus is Australia. Let's get let's get that going, and then you know move move around the world and see where we can get these at. But that's our main one for sure. Yeah, and just finishing on this, is there any books? podcast songs anything specific that maybe you've read or a little quote that you heard or certain music that has really gave you some inspiration to really go towards fighting through all this stuff i know you talked about listening to joe rogan when you're doing your the lathe in the bat cave but was there one specific one that really helped you get through this stuff I don't know. I I think I think if I I forget what I read. I think it was Gary V's book or something I was reading, and and it it wasn't didn't reflect on kind of my side of things, but some of the stuff that he was saying made a lot of sense to me, and like I would put that in my pocket and save it for later. But honestly, it was just the one thing you know Chris said to me was like when you're backed into a corner you'll you'll be fine or uh what helps me calm down and when I'm listening to 40s music that's what like it's just super relaxing to me right but yeah as for podcasts I would say Rogan Rogan's is a big one just because it keeps I don't constantly have to think about 
um, I only have to think about what I'm doing in front of me. I don't have to think. I shut everything else off, and this is what kind of centers me again. Um, I, I like all like Brendan Schaub and the like below the belt and fighter of the kid and stuff like that. And Brian Callen, they're funny. Um, just stuff that keeps my mind off things while I'm working. I can just focus on just listening to that, making a bat, and that's it. And then it kind of centers me out. But uh, for for you know, moment or uh, like motivation. I can't really pinpoint one thing other than what my partner told me, but not just little snippets here and there of what I've heard or what I, you know, um, the, the very first podcast I did with the Oddcast podcast, it was, it was kind of a, you know, an eye opener because it was my first podcast and, um, like he he does this thing where he just gets people that start something and they turn that into their living kind of thing. So it is, yeah. So that that was another good one where you know I could look back on that and go, yeah, you know, it's good motivation to know that he had me on there and I started here and went to here and 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 guys like you that want to know they don't want to just know about how oh yeah how's the MLB how's the clubhouse how's you know which was amazing mm-hmm. but it's. The, all, like this one's a good one because you you want to know about the other the other half where it was like you know all the grind stuff and the, the hard work and everything we got to get there and you know we our first day in, in Arizona we got to have breakfast in the Chicago White Sox uh, clubhouse uh, they were just invited by their hitting coach and um, it was it was kind of like a relaxing kind of moment where we're like, okay, this is, this is kind of cool. Like, I can't believe we're actually doing this. There's players sitting around us and all this jazz. Right. So it was kind of neat, but then you think about, you can tell that story on one podcast, but then like that, I like the, the stuff like we're, you know, showing the real, the real work behind everything. Cause everybody, everybody, Instagram shows you the good stuff. And like, you know, when you put stuff on social media, you see all the good stuff and it's all like, you know, it's all, it looks fun, but if you knew the amount of hours it took to get here and like all the hard work and like, it's not just me on a lathe making bats. Like there's other people doing stuff and like, you know, I'm networking and set, you know, there's a lot of things going on and that's a lot of stuff that doesn't ever get seen. So Mm. it's nice to talk about this and like get people to realize like it's not easy doing anything, but if you love it, it's not hard. So, you know, I, I love what I do and I love being able to say I do this and it's just nice to work hard but it's not hard work right that makes sense yeah absolutely and i think for yourself if anybody is maybe not necessarily getting into baseball but just entrepreneurship or anything like that would you encourage them to reach out to you and you guys could communicate and talk about some ideas and just bounce stuff off each other oh absolutely yeah like i i mean one thing i do love about that part of it is being able to like inspire somebody else like i've had um i've had uh like kind of schools ask me to do talks and i i i don't think i'm there yet like i you know we're just a small business and like but i've had people ask me stuff and i love giving that advice like just pull the trigger and do it that's it like don't hum and haw i think you just have to get after it and like i have a buddy that's like he, he wants to start doing something else, but just on the side. And I was saying like, imagine if you didn't have, if I, it's like me at Toyota, I couldn't mm-hmm. give focus here. 
But if this goes away and you have a hundred percent focus on that, imagine what it could be. It's not just going to be you making a bat here and there. It's going to be you being able to make a bat and then push more sales and do more marketing and connect more and, and then focus more on that. So it'll just grow. So, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. If anybody ever wanted to reach out and talk about that stuff, I'm, I'm always ears for that. Perfect. So if you would like to reach out to Trevor, you can reach him at abo underscore baseball on Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, you can reach him at abo baseball. Do you have any final remarks before we head out here? Uh, no, just thanks for having me. And uh, like I said, I'm going to, the rest of my day, it's like 11 a.m. here. So the rest of my day is just uh, going to be bats in the laser room. So it's going to be a good day. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on. It's definitely a thanks pleasure to catch up and we'll have you back on once, uh, once everything fires back up and you can give Absolutely. an update to everybody listening along. Yeah. All right. Good. Thank you very much. So much. All right. Take care. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed that interview with Trevor. I definitely think there's some great information in there. He talks about obviously going from the manufacturing and factory job, working with Toyota, kind of stepping out of his comfort zone and kind of how his hobby turned into a passion. And I think that's one of the biggest things for any of us right now in life, whether we are looking for a new job or we're trying to find that new lease on life, just having passion in everything that we do is so important. Making sure that we're doing things for the right reasons, making sure that we're not chasing money is such a huge thing. So I definitely think some of the messages that Trevor was able to relay ahead to the guest and to myself in the interview, I think are amazing. I definitely look forward to hearing the feedback on all of the episode and as well, just kind of hearing back on the progress of the podcast so far. So definitely connect with the show via Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or even check us out on YouTube and definitely let us know, comment, like, reach out. Definitely would love to contact and be in connection with all of you guys. I hope you guys all have a great weekend as it's supposed to be hot around the world. Make sure you're hydrating as hydration is so important because even 2% of hydration can affect your brain, can affect your muscles, and it can lead to deterioration down the road. So definitely stay on top of that. Make sure that you're clearing your mind mentally, whether you're doing some meditation, doing some journaling, doing some reading, or just taking some time for yourself because it's so important. Self-care and self-love is one of the most overlooked things and something that none of us should really take for granted. So I definitely over the weekend, enjoy it, but definitely take some time for yourself as well. And if you're looking for something to catch up on and read that you really would like to be motivated or kind of see a different perspective on, definitely check out Tim Grover's book called Relentless. It's definitely a great read and he, he gives a very interesting insight to, of course, the athletic world as he's dealt with people like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Michael Jordan famously. But he gives an interesting lace on life that really gives you a perspective to living relentlessly and kind of pushing through all of the stuff that you need to get past. So definitely give that one a look if you haven't already. And the link to that will be in the show notes. And with that, I hope all of you have a great weekend. Definitely enjoy the sun. Make sure you stay hydrated as 2% hydration can definitely affect us in a negative way. So you don't want to allow that to happen. Enjoy it. Find some time for yourself again. And over the weekend, find a way to get 1% better every single day. Find a way to think positively, think limitlessly, and continue down the road of limitless possibilities. 